Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts podcast for May 7th of 2021. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Walsh for HockeyHeads.com. Going to apologize in advance. You know what we're going to talk about. Can't <laughs> avoid it. Tom Wilson, New York Rangers. There's a lot to unpack there. Um, you know, we, we do have some things to say about it, so we will lead off with that and get it out of the way. And then we'll catch back up with the Penguins uh, since two weeks ago. Uh, looking pretty good heading into the playoffs. Uh, could they finish in first place? They could. Uh, they have the least amount of games remaining. Their last game is uh, tomorrow against the Sabres, while the Capitals and Bruins have some games in hand on them. So we'll see how the, the seeding shakes out, but uh, things going pretty well. Evgeny Malkin back, Jeff Carter scoring four goals in a game. Uh, so uh, lots of lots of good things to talk about with that, but I guess we'll lead off with that shithead Tom Wilson. And, you know, it is what it is. The league seems to not care. Uh, his team seems to not care. They uh, they almost enable him. Well, not almost. They do enable him. And we had what could have been a really horrific incident. And he got a $5,000 fine, which it, to me is almost worse than doing nothing at all. Because you're acknowledging you did something wrong, and then you give him like, an embarrassing penalty. And... They gave the fine for the part that wasn't even the worst part of it. The Panarin part's the part I'm really pissed off about. Uh, grabbing the back of his head and hair and slamming him down. Uh, that really could have had a different outcome. And it's not out of the question that it would have been a seriously bad outcome. It was really close to being a horrific incident. And he just has no respect for his opponents, you know, him flexing after really showcases his mindset. It wasn't a just-in-the-moment thing. It was out-of-the-moment, taunting. He doesn't care. Um, I'd, I'd be surprised if he is capable of having any empathy towards other human beings. And he's just a true piece of shit. I, I found the reaction to this really really interesting in that uh i went through twitter and had a look and this stuff bled <clears throat> excuse me this stuff bled into some new like uh left-leaning news youtube shows talking about it uh it got onto like espn emily kaplan was talking about it on an espn show you know saying yeah, it's great that we're talking about hockey on ESPN in the, in the first A block. However, we should be talking about Connor McDavid and what he's doing, not this garbage. And the NHL, I, it's really hard. It's hard to know where to go with this because they went and got a, a Department of Player Safety in place, looked like they were heading in the right direction. Then the player, the Players Association started trying to roll back some of these punishments. Now, interestingly enough... Uh, who's the representative for the Washington Capitals in the NHLPA? Tom Wilson himself. <laughs> Come um, on, get the fuck out of here, is it? I'm so, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> of course it is. Yeah. I did correct. not know that. That's <laughs> so. It's just. It's really weird. They're in a. They're in a bizarre slot. I read an article. I wish I'd written down who these people that wrote these. That sort of stepped out the thought process in regards to how they got to the five thousand dollar fine, and. The logic behind it is fine. The problem you have, though, is when you get there and say, there's a stack load of scrums. But Lars Aller's explanation about this as well was frustrating as fuck. Because he's got there and it's like, oh, they're all just picking on Tom Wilson. You know, you see those scrums oh, all the time. Oh, poor baby. We saw, we saw Crosby doing this, something similar in the Philly game, you know, at the, on, the, no, on the night after no, or something didn't. like that. And you sit there and think to yourself, listen, dude, not only was Panarin, like like you said, could have been horrific. He was actually injured and isn't playing the rest of the year. He's like, you know, 
at a minimum. And a heart finalist last year, a true star player in the league. Correct, right? And they're really lucky that it wasn't worse. The fact of the matter is, though, what he did to Bushnevich, I think, was suspendable anyway. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with that. But the fact they gave nothing for the Panarin thing is what blows my mind. Because we know this. We've talked about it a million times. It's result-based. Because Panarin's brains weren't oozing all over the ice, which they, I mean, literally could have been. So I think that the thing for me that you and I have said this previously, right? I hate all the scrum garbage. It, 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 it does nothing. It's not appealing except, anymore. It, it does nothing except allow the process of something like this to occur. So you sit there and think to yourself, how do you go about cleaning it up? Well, it's not too difficult. Usually those scrums occur when players are quote unquote protecting their goaltender. It's usually where they all start happening, right? And it usually starts to occur when somebody slides in, pokes their stick at the goalie after the whistle. And so if you get in that situation, the easiest way to cool this shit off is to just call the stick. Call the penalty there. That'll stop the players going after the stick. You can call it unsportsmanlike. I don't care what the fuck you call that penalty. But you get there and somebody slides in, whistle's blown, you stick the goalie's arms or the or the pads because you know the puck's down there, and then the ref just comes in, blows the whistle, goes, what's for? I said, unsportsmanlike. I blew the whistle. You don't have to poke him. I don't want all this other garbage to occur. Instead of taking two players in a scrum, take the one who throws the punch first. Stops it straight away. It's simple as shit. And that's the thing that sort of shits me with this kind of garbage. When you've got two guys holding each other, no problems with that, right? But as soon as someone fucking sucker punches or jumper punches, gone. And even if the other player retaliates after that, leave them in the game because they're only hitting them because the other guy did first. And that's the quickest and easiest way to stop this garbage. Two, it'll speed the games the fuck up as well. <laughs> yeah, true. It's a, you waste a lot of time after the whistle scrums. But to, to piggyback off of Eller's comment about Crosby and what you just said, um, one, Sid was wrong. He shouldn't be you know, pushing the guy's head down into the ice. Absolutely. It is not comparable to what Tom Wilson did, so let's, let's not <laughs> pretend... They're, yeah. they're the same thing. Uh, but, but Sid should have gotten a penalty. And, um, you know, in my league, probably a little bit more. But in my league, I doubt Sid would have to find himself in a situation he'd be doing it because my reps would have called holding on Konechny. And if Konechny didn't let go, I would call interference and double him up. Yeah, no, I, I so it's, and, and yeah. communicate that to, you know, in this situation, it was Sid. 87, I already got him on the holding. Don't retaliate. If he keeps holding, he's getting another. Done. You think the coach is going to let Konechny take a double minor penalty? Pulling that shit? No, it's, yeah. It, 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 that's, that's, I know that they're, to your point, they're, that's, they're, how you, that's how you get rid of it. There are a lot of people that are worried of taking the physicality of hockey out of the sport, right? And I, I get that. It's a the different thing, physicality now, though. Yeah. The thing for me is I don't get there to watch them scrum in the corner when the puck's at the other end of the ice. All that does is allow a lesser quality player to take a higher quality player out of the game, right? And that's that's not what you watch it for. It's I think I saw... I think I read Wyshynski's ESPN piece where he got there and said, you know, there's a fine balance between trying to keep, you know, the league's pushing towards speed and skill and the the quality of the on-ice product has been better for it. But you also realise that there's a large portion of the fandom of the sport that watch it now, that if all the hitting and stuff leaves, they'll leave. And so that, that is a legitimate problem that they have to try and work out. But hitting... Open ice, clean, below the head, can still exist if the league polices the other shit. And the players are smarter now, too. They're not putting themselves in those situations as much. And I'm not talking head down over the blue line. Just their overall awareness. 
Um, they're stronger. They can absorb the, those old school hits better. You're talking that back in the day with a lot of the skating wasn't as strong. The awareness wasn't as good. So you could really pick apart and, and drill people. I think the other thing for me with hockey, and this is a tough one because of the puck itself, I would like to see the equipment less Kevlar-y and more padding-y, if that makes No, it makes total sense. I think I've said that so long ago and gave up on it. Because your shoulder pads, you you don't need it to be hard as a fucking rock because all you're really going to do with those shoulder pads, if you connect with somebody is damage. My it's shoulder the, the, pads in college were a fucking joke. Yeah. They were Don Cherry Winwell youth <laughs> larges. They're like Rob, massive, they were like Rob Ray's. Remember Rob Ray's shoulder a, pads? Yeah, you've had a massive evolution in your hockey life. Well, no, I, I hated not... I hated being restricted. I wanted full range of motion, which was incredibly important playing at that level because you know yes it's not the nhl but your time and space goes way down as you keep jumping uh, the levels you need to be able to change the plane of your passing lanes be able to maneuver in tight spaces to to do the things you need to do so that you can make a play um yeah my shoulder pads went down to maybe they didn't even cover uh, my stomach area. Um, they were like Rob Ray's. They were youth large, and that's what I played for D3. <laughs> they were definitely not made of Kevlar. Yeah, and so I was fine. So Sorry for me getting us off track on that. But there's, there's ways to clean the game up. Now, one of the things in the back of my head I was really, really hoping for was... When they get to the playoffs, he's on short notice. That, that's the only way Tom I Wilson? think you can. Yeah, it's the only way I think you can punish uh, him I don't now. Know. Because the there's, league's reaction is they're so right? hesitant to suspend players in the playoff games. They I pretend know. like one playoff game is like 80 regular season games. I, I'm well aware of that. Meaning, if he does something stupid against whoever he plays against, and gets two games for games five and six and they lose the series whoever they're playing against they go okay that's probably fair punishment even though it's like two games late and we haven't even got to the retaliation game yet which in itself is a joke that Bushnevich ends up with a one game suspension from that well he, okay let's let's talk a little bit about the ranger part of it <laughs> he he does deserve to be suspended for yes. for that action Contact. but also no, he does not because of the context. It's just, it's nuts. They, they left that in the Rangers' hands. That's the, that's the idiocy of it. it it's, I do yeah. not fault the Rangers for anything. In fact, my complaint with the Rangers is they didn't go far enough. And that includes like the statement the team put out, which was great and deserved. I'm glad they did that. Because you cannot ignore a New York City team calling out the league and calling them inept and unfit. <laughs> like, you cannot ignore that. Um, the fighting, I get it. But here's the issue. That doesn't do anything. And Tom Wilson did the one fight against Brendan Smith. It's like, okay, like what's Brendan Smith going to do to him? And then he leaves the game like a chicken shit. And apparently he's ready for the next game, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, he already said. He'll be back from his upper body injury. Um, So the Rangers probably feel like they didn't get to exact revenge on him because he left the game. And I would make a counterpoint. You didn't exact revenge on him because you weren't thinking about doing it the proper way. It's not about fucking Tom Wilson up. He loves that shit. He doesn't care about getting in fights and all that. He's got a screw loose. And what I'm about to say, I know is terrible. I think I and, know where you're going. <laughs> and I would first say it is the league's responsibility to suspend players like Wilson accordingly. 
and it is the league's fault that I'm about to say what I'm about to say. But I'm curious to know who you pick. That's what I'm curious about. I would intentionally injure Tom Wilson's teammates, and I would specifically let that guy know as he's writhing in pain down on the ice, this is for Tom. And I would low bridge Backstrom. I would board TJ Oshie. I would cross-check Mantha in the face. Well, I guess they got that one. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, Anthony Mantha was looking for trouble and got it. He was following Buchnevich around the ice, slashing him on the back of the legs. He was about to cross-check Buchnevich, and Buchnevich is like, fuck that. I'm getting you first. So, so I, would, I would dump the puck in the corner, or I would rim the puck around um, on a dump-in slow. So the goalie comes out to play it, and I would fucking wreck the goalie. The league doesn't want to do it. We will fuck every one of your teammates up, and we will tell you that's for Tom. And guess what all those players are going to do when they get back in the locker room every time somebody takes a fucking dirty run at them? If the league doesn't want to do it, if the Capitals' ownership and executives don't want to do it, his fucking peers are going to have something to say if they're being targeted in dirty ways. And it's very clear why they're being targeted. It, it it's terrible sucks. to say it. Yeah. and It sucks because that was a perfect game to do it. The Rangers are out. It's not going to cost them anything in regards to making the playoffs. There should have been five more cross-checks to the face. I mean, if you're trying to exact revenge on Tom Wilson, yeah, it's fucking up Nicholas Backstrom so he cannot play. What do you think hurts the team more? But you're right. You're absolutely right. I was curious in regards to who you would say you're gonna. They, they should have gone. Anybody who said, has a lick of talent. Well, I would have just said purely for being a complete arsehole would have been go after TJ Oshie, particularly on that game, particularly for that. Well, he because, would be part you know, of it. He's 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 definitely yeah. skilled. No, no, no. I, I mean, was I was not only passing going away seems like overkill, but. You know. Hey, dude, if we're going to go that far, we're going to go that far. <laughs> I'm glad he scored the two goals for his dad. Yeah, so uh, am I. Been there, yes, done absolutely. that. Um, I had a similar situation, and it was only men's league, but it felt you, – you feel better. So I was happy to see that, but, yes, also hit him from behind because Tom Wilson's a piece of shit, and there doesn't seem to be any recourse for it because he's – and that's the other thing about this non-suspension thing. This guy is Matt Cook. The track record is there. He should have been suspended for what he did to Brandon Carlo earlier this year when he slammed his head against the glass. So he's getting away with shit. He has a horrible track record. Fuck his teammates up. Man, it's so bad, like, saying this shit out loud, but that's the strategy. If the league can't do it, the Capitals aren't willing to do it, yeah, but the Players Association aren't willing to do it either. Well, apparently not with Tom Wilson being the representative. But they, like, it's, it's one of those things where every time somebody gets a huge suspension, they, as a union, they do Including the right thing. Including the 20-game into... Wilson suspension. Yeah, but that's kind of my point. It's like, there are th- well, there's going to be 31 very soon. There are like 31 reps in that thing, so... And I know they're representing the collective of the team, of the players on that team. But you sit there and go, dudes, there's more skill than brawn in the league now. Or if there's not, it's pretty close to 50-50. Surely enough of them have to stand up and go, we've got to cut some of this garbage out before somebody gets killed or seriously injured to the point where they can't play ever again because of their head or because of some horrific lower body injury. Or a spinal injury, God forbid. Then, yes, absolutely. And and you, you sit there and you see that, and it's like the whole league is its own worst enemy. The owners are the ones that drive Bettman to do what Bettman does, right? Apparently there's more than half of the owners that are perfectly fine with what Tom Wilson does, which is why there's no pushed down from the top onto Paros. Every GM would take Tom Wilson. Yeah, yeah that's the that, fucking problem. That's the, yeah. And, and like, speaking of Mantha, Mantha never did any of that shit when he was playing at Detroit, right? 
the whole, I, he feels so safe and secure in doing what he was going to do to Bushnevich purely because Wilson's on the ice. Now you get there and you hear the old school guys go, that's why you have Wilson on the ice because people feel safe to go. And, that doesn't help Mantha fucking score a goal though. Yeah, he might feel like he's safe to go and think about hurting another player, but that's not technically what's supposed to win you a game of hockey. The idea is to score more goals, not to go out and beat them by maiming their players. And I just, it drives me bonkers. As you can tell by the fact I keep raising my voice when I talk about this. Yeah, it's, um, this is what the league wants. And I applaud the Rangers for making a mockery of it. Um, just not a big enough mockery. You are right. That that direction would have been brilliant. I mean, if you strip away, like, <laughs> the fact that the people getting hurt would be human beings, yeah, sure. <laughs> yes, that's... But the thing is, though, they were sort of left with no option. Like, if the league did its job, this, like, the last seven or eight minutes of this conversation wouldn't even have to exist. It'd just be... Tom Wilson got there and he's going to miss the first round of the playoffs, maybe some of the second. Maybe the rest of the a, year because he's because a he was a dick. Yeah, because he was a dick. Instead, we're babbling on like this and we haven't mentioned other stuff that's really cool in the league or talking about the Penguins because this shit is ridiculous. All right, how about I'll talk a little bit about the Penguins and still about this. I Can remember I go, go, about go. a decade ago when the Penguins and Islanders had their shit show with like a million penalty minutes, Trevor Gillies running around like an idiot, Brent Johnson one-punching DiPietro. Oh, um, that was nuts. You remember all of that. Yeah. And this was, you know, when Matt Cook was acting a fool. Mario and uh, Ray Shero and Dan Bilesma sat him down. And I'm not trying to say that even Cook, like, I don't want to over play like oh my god they did such a great thing no but they knew it was a problem and at least like reached out to the player and said you can't do this shit anymore okay this is ridiculous and Bilesma spent 30 hours going over film of this is how you have to engage in these situations so that this doesn't happen so there's actually an effort made to like acknowledge that this player we're employing is being a piece of shit and mario backed it up with money if you recall he tried to get owners fined for repeat offenders for suspensions upwards of a mil maybe that's a good idea and everybody ripped on him because he was doing it after the islanders thing and, and it's like well yeah he was involved in something stupid He's a hockey legend, and he's like, maybe let's not do this anymore. Let's put in some penalties so that not only my team, but every other team doesn't deal with this shit anymore. And I'm they... pretty sure the owner is going to come down and basically storm the room and go, you just cost me a million bucks. You do that again, we're terminating your contract. I don't know if they could, but yes, the anger would be there. You would not get yep. um, re-signed. <laughs> yes, something. <laughs> so, like, even that goes way back of, I think Mario put up a, a pretty good logical deterrent of big money. And the league's like, nah, we're good. And here we are. So, um, but but Tom Wilson has wrecked a second franchise. He, he fucked Jim Rutherford up. And that 2017 series... Yep. When, what was that the series he busted Aston Reese's jaw, I think, maybe? Big hit. And then he went away from Steve. Then he got Ryan and Reeves, and they yeah. disrupted the whole reason they were winning cups. And now the Rangers have apparently followed suit. That's um, nuts. I don't... So John Davidson um, is overrated. Firing him is, is um, a whatever burger. I think... Um, He's just, I don't know. He, he did nothing as an executive in Columbus. He did nothing in St. Louis. Um, and, you know, he's just a broadcaster for New York. That's why, you know, in the first place. Um, 
Gordon's a little different. He's been there. The rebuild, by all accounts, is going pretty good, right? Yes and no. It, it really does depend on how they step forward next year. And this is where the derailing could come in. But, you know, navigating, like, a total rebuild. And, but they kind of did it in a hybrid style. Now, I don't know how much Gordon should get credit for Artemi Panarin signing there. Like, play, playing in New York City is not... Um, a special not, talent Gordon has, like not not Columbus. Yeah, um, right. I suppose, I suppose the thing I suppose the thing for me is that you need your highest paid players to be at their peak or just at the tiniest back end of the window of their peak when all of your role players get to their best. So when all of your youth that you've drafted comes through, if they're not your elite talent, and I don't know whether Gordon's got that timed right. And that's it's that's not where way they... off though either. Like, no, 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 not at all. The, what isn't Gordon's fault? They got lucky in the lotteries. Yeah. But Capo Caco has stunk, and Lafreniere, I don't even notice him when he's out there. And the Penguins played him like eight times. Like you get a number one and a number two pick. Well, for Pittsburgh, it was Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. For them, it's fucking Capo Caco and Lafreniere. Well, it's 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 Nail Yakupov. Like that's the that's the situation that you're you're in. Yeah, you might have the number one draft pick, but you're only as good as the talent that's available. You know what I mean? And Lafreniere was, you know, well he was census. He was. Um, I, I don't think he's. I don't want to compare him to Nail Yakupov. <laughs> no, no, no. Just as the example, it's like people rag on the Oilers. I don't think they actually really did anything wrong. They kind of went with the consensus. You know what I mean? They didn't pick off the board. You know, they didn't buoy over Jordan. Well, even even Nugent Hopkins as a number one overall pick is is deflated. Yeah. Yes. So so that's the thing. Like that's not the jam at the time's fault. You don't always luck into a generational talent. Like look at what's going on with Hughes in in New Jersey. Like, he's not been great. This year's been much better. But considering where he was in the draft, you need him to be way better. He's, he's had a really good year this year. He has. But that, that trajectory from last year to this year to next year almost needs to keep on that path. You kind of can't have it sort of taper off. I would bet on it happening more so than... Yeah. Um, this year's been really encouraging. Last year was kind of uh, problematic. So if you're the Rangers, you hope that's the case with these two. And if that does happen, then that's great. If it doesn't, you start to look at you start to look at things in the whole oh, you've got number one draft picks that aren't gonna drag your aren't gonna take over the mantle from Panarin. Put it that way. Um So I don't have a huge it's okay that they were fired. I would rather it be because they tried to go behind Dolan's back and apologize for the the statement kind of deal. Like Gordon and, and Davidson were part of the um, old boys club. And Dolan's like, fuck you, you're out. <laughs> I would respect that more than the rumor of the rebuild's not going quick enough. And it's like, dude, <laughs> yes it is. They weren't far off making the playoffs. They might have made the playoffs in another division. Or in a normal year where you're not playing Pittsburgh, Washington, Boston, and the Islanders more than Or half if Artemi Panarin didn't have to take shelter for political reasons. Ah, yes. Remember, like, he missed a chunk of time because of the Putin stuff. Um, and then... You know, losing D'Angelo, he, another shithead, but he 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 helped them. Like he wasn't a a bad player. They lose him. Capo Caco and Lafreniere don't do shit compared to what they should. Um, it's it's tough. I don't know. And we'll see. Okay, so Chris Drury. Everybody wanted to interview him. Penguins really wanted him to be the GM. And uh, he's going to get his chance. 
But I did find the tweet I wanted to find. Um, Greg Brady in Toronto tweeted about John Davidson and his track record. Six years in St. Louis, one playoff series win, one botched number one pick, four years out of the playoffs. Blue Jackets, seven years, three round one exits, three years out of the playoffs. Ryan Murray at number two in star-studded D-draft. Not only that, the Islanders offered their whole draft for him, and he turned it down. And New York Rangers, two years, drafted number two, drafted Lafreniere, no playoffs. Well, I suppose last year they were in, but... So 15 seasons, one playoff round, one. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know why people hold him up as he's he's a joke. Good broadcaster. Um, And you know, apparently a a wonderful, apparently a wonderful person. But yeah, I'm not uh, picking him apart as a human being. No, 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 no. But it's it's one of those things where this sport seems to prioritize some bizarre things for certain jobs, and being a great guy. You know, because the GMs have all... It, it's such a... You know what I'm trying to say without mm-hmm. saying it. It's just like it's like they want to keep the little community and, and have the it really friendly. 200 hockey men. Yeah. And if, it's just nuts. It's just nuts. Um, so we'll see if Drury's got the, got the goods. Everybody talked him up for a while. Well, it's your show now, buddy. So. Well... Look what happened to the guy I was talking about, Botterill. <laughs> Who knows how it's going to go? Well, we're going to find out. So that's Tom Wilson. That's the Rangers. On to the Penguins. Coming off an 8-4 victory over the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, I thought it was a pretty impressive win, personally. I think the Sabres have played better since the coaching change. And the four goals seems like a lot to give up. But when you look at the underlying numbers, Pittsburgh was uh, pretty defensively sound. And, of course, they put up eight goals, so <laughs> they doubled them up. It's pretty good. Um, it's, it was interesting. I actually got to watch the full game last night. I actually got to sit down after work and watch it. And it was one of those weird games that I actually said, oh, shit, is this a problem that they're starting to bleed a few goals for a team that traditionally got onto a really good streak where they weren't bleeding goals. Is this goaltender related or is this, are they giving up high-quality danger chances? Or is it just one of those games where it's not particularly physical, they weren't really riding players off the puck. So nobody wants to get hurt and injured. Just don't worry too much about the fact that they, you know, gave up four. They did double them up. I thought, I thought Pittsburgh did hound the puck quite well on their forecheck. F2 was reading the play um, very aggressively. F1 would uh, turn and curl the Sabre player, and F2 was, boom, right there with the poke check um, below the hash marks. It was very effective. So um, I do think they were, you could tell, like, they weren't engaging, like, body checks all the time, but they were skating hard. Oh, yeah, um, not arguing the, the and, um, part. You know, I, to your point, I think it was a little more wide open uh, because of that. But Penguins' expected goals was 70%, and that's even with it being 8-4. to four. Yeah, yeah. And so when you get there and you say that, it's like, cool, that's that's fantastic. Jerry was off his angle on that first one, and I'm like, Ugh, that were the sort of goals he was letting in at the start of the year sort of thing. So... Don't go back to that, Tristan. Go to the mid-year, Tristan, please. So, Evgeny Malkin's back. I think it's very important that he did come back because um, Brandon Tanev's not going to play tomorrow. They they already said so. Um, I think it's easier for a player like Brandon Tanev with an upper body injury to jump right into the lineup and look like he hasn't missed a beat because a lot of what he does is hustle um, and engaging physically. Like, that's that's not hard to get back. Like, he's not making a lot... He's, he's not doing a lot of playmaking and goal scoring. And mind you, I know he's had a good offensive year 
for for what should have been expected from him. So I'm not taking that away from him, but you understand what I'm saying is there's a lot more fine tuning to Evgeny Malkin's game, handling the puck and doing all the crazy things that he does versus Atanev coming back. So I'm glad Malkin's getting these four games. And you asked, is he back? Um, his hands are not, but I'm very encouraged about the skating. Earlier yes. in the year, the skating was not this good. So even with the knee injury, I, I, I think we they never said, but we have to We're guess that it, it was a hyperextension when he had that collision. I think his skating's look good. He's swooping in there. He's doing his things. It's uh, looks like he's wearing a pair of oven mitts on a few occasions <laughs> with his hands. But here's the deal, and I tweeted this. Do we honestly believe if Genny Melkin's hands are, are are washed, like they're not coming back? <laughs> no, of course not. What? He's just got to get more reps. It? The, the the interesting thing was it took him 10 games to get up and go on at the start of the year. Then he just took off, right? So the question is, are we looking at game four? He starts to get better. We hit game six in the first round of the playoffs, and he goes bang. Sooner. They don't have that run. They don't have that runway. Sooner. That's all. I think sooner. He's, I hope so. His 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 legs are there. That was what my concern was. And even yeah, with that's... his hands not being um, totally in tune, he has four points in three games. Yeah, which is which is hilarious because you watch him out there and it's like, oh, you're trying so hard and it's just you're going, what is wrong? Why doesn't this work for me? Why can't I do what I used to be able? You can see him get so angry at himself. I got angry and at him yeah. on his assist <laughs> uh, yesterday. Um, he had a step on the guy, and I'm like, just take it. And he did that backhand pass uh, across the high danger area all the way to Kapanen. Kapanen went bar down. Great shot. And, I, you know, I'm like, okay. I mean, yeah, but come on, Gino, take that guy on. And that may be... Because if uh, Kapanen misses trust- the net, where there's a different conversation being had about that play. Yes, the- the thing is, though, I wonder if that's a case of I don't trust my legs yet. Maybe not, but he had the stuff. Yeah, you're, yes, you're absolutely right. But that, that is one of the things where, you know, I bet you any money the doctor's got there and gone, okay, dude, mechanically, you're fine. You, you're not going to hurt it doing anything you used to do on the ice. You've still got to, as a human being, trust that your knee's going to hold up for you when you go to do what you used to do. And that doesn't always happen straight away either. So the fact that he is moving around on the ice as well as he is, is great. I think those situations you just highlighted then, they're going to be the weird parts. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just happy he's back. I really enjoy watching him play, he's, even yes. if he's not firing on all cylinders. Um, one of the weirdest lead-ups or conversations in the lead-up to him returning was, uh, should he be on the power play? And it's like, Jesus, <laughs> are we having this discussion? Really? Um, like, Jared McCann's been awesome on the power play. But as I wrote in one of the blogs, after Malkin was injured, they played the New Jersey Devils eight times. New Jersey, at the time of writing that, was killing penalties successfully at a 70% rate. The worst penalty kill in the cap era by multiple percentage points. And it's the devils. That's the hilarious thing for me. <laughs> yeah, you're right on that. Um, <laughs> Penguins went 7 for 15 in those eight games on the devils. Why are they averaging less than two power plays per game? I don't know. Well, I do know, but... Um, so a lot of those stats were, I don't want to say padded, like they did what they should have, score out a bad penalty kill. But I think a lot of the, um, a lot of those games were Sabres and Devils games. And it's a lot different to try and do it against some of these other teams. So 
McCann is just a the odd guy out because the, Brian Rust is right-handed and they don't have a ton of right-handed players on the power play. And but Brian Jared McCann is not Evgeny Malkin. Okay, can, can we get real for a second? I <laughs> sure. I sure. Um, it's not just shooting and scoring on the power play, although McCann's doing a better job of that uh, than Malkin has in recent memory. It's it's also the ability to help on the breakout. So they do that drop pass breakout. Huge part of why that works is because of Sid and Gino. And that's a huge part of it. And um, he already has racked up a few points on the power play since coming back. The power play, both the number one group and the second group. Second group scored again last night, three games in a row. So things are working. Malkin should be on the top power play. The second power play's got enough talent. If they get a little bit of time, they keep it simple, and they've done some nice things. I just think not putting Malkin on the top power play is a non-starter for me because a lot of people are like, well, just give Malkin his own unit. and What, and give him 25 seconds? That's the problem. There's no such thing as equal units. They're always going to get the scraps. And sometimes those scraps are 30, 40 seconds, and, and the second power play has really taken advantage of the time they've had. They've scored the last three games. But over a larger sample, like that's not a lot of time, and I just think it's silly to not have Malkin among the leaders, not among the leaders of power play ice time. It just he's one of the best at it, and he should be out there, and he is. So there's that. No um, arguments for me on that one. So I guess next is the four goal man. <laughs> And may I say this, uh, Matt Geica uh, tweeted out something that blew my mind. Jeff Carter, four goal in a game score. Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby? Three. Not so much. They've never done it. It's hilarious, isn't it? It's crazy. <laughs> you know, you, you just think it would have happened, right? I think that because all the years, you know, all the greatness, like not one game, like that, the, every puck just seemed to go in for either of them. It's not in it. I mean, it's not make or break, but uh, yeah, I just thought it was uh, it was a really great stat, and Matt, um, I, I like that he he tweeted that because I had no idea. But aside from the four goals, which were great and jeff carter what an addition he's he's been it's a it's a home run and i had reservations about the deal before uh i found out about the salary retention and i was like he's not a rental geez what if he's not good this really stinks to have the the full the full salary and another year and now it's half salary and thank god there's another year because his skating is great. It's interesting to see it, isn't it? And he's in a more uh, I, uh, wide open, maybe. I mean, the Kings play wildly different than the Penguins and probably didn't get the most out of what Jeff Carter had to offer lately. He, he, he looks like he's enjoying it out there as well. It would be... It would be a breath of fresh air for a guy like Carter who's got this year and next year left on his contract, might be thinking of not continuing after that, probably consigned to the fact that he's going to wrap up the end of his career not Great going career. to the playoffs again. And all of a sudden he's on a team that is a legit chance to, to win it. Now, and with him... Yes, and he he will be a key part. He won't be a six minute a six minute a, a game guy. He'll be twelve to fifteen minutes. Oh, minimum. With power yeah. play, power play, and penalty kill time, and he will be a crucial factor in whether they go. Face offs. Like, he's a great. I'm not big on face offs. I know. Okay, I'm not big on the face off stat. I'm not saying that 
face-off in your own zone and winning it isn't important. Just the overall face-off percentage stat is doesn't tell me anything. You know, um, the thing that I find interesting there is they should break the face-off stats down now. They are capable of going left or right-hand dot, defensive zone, offensive zone, and break them down that way for us to see. Like, the teams will be doing it. They're not idiots. Um, teams have so it, for you, sure. Yeah, so you can get there and go, all right, so Jeff Carter's great in this corner, and he wins I think Sol- 75% sorry. of the time. Sullivan said as much about the data yeah. tracking. Anyway, sorry. sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. But it's, it's one of those things where you are right, just the overall 50% stats, pointless. Because everyone's around about 55 to 45. It doesn't really give you much of a window. But if you've got somebody that you know you can whack into the left-hand corner with 10 seconds to go and they're going to win it three out of four times, you do it. Does that guy have an eight and a seven on his jersey by chance? As a, as a general rule. And the other guy has a seven as well. And another one. Um, uh, but Jeff Carter being a right-handed guy, handed, yeah. a good draw guy... It's nice yeah. that they have Sid and him on either circle. I think, personally. Um, yes. But that's not like that's like a cherry on top thing that he can do that. Uh, all the other stuff way more important that he's doing. I really um he he's smart. He plays pucks to space. Um kind of like how Kunitz used to where it's a dump in or it it but it's an indirect pass you know what i'm saying yeah he's not dumping it for the sake of dumping it he's dumping it so you could retain possession but not even always dumping it in just uh, pushing the puck up to to a spot uh using his body to shield guys off obviously he's a good shooter um i i like his hockey iq um and he's I can't believe how many guys he's dusted with his speed. It's been he has great. He in the corner a fair bit, yeah. He had a shorthanded breakaway the other game. It, it, it has transformed Pittsburgh's chances of going deep in the playoffs, in my opinion. And that this does not include... Um, I would I would still feel that way even without the the four goals and his stats since coming to Pittsburgh uh, Corsi four percentage fifty three point seven four expected goals fifty three point seven eight and five uh, five on five points per sixty three point oh six four goals will do that I yes but you know. No, no, no. Although For a third-line player, play. he's exactly the center they needed. Now they have a 2015-16 formula, right? Yes. Got that the top was line. Malkin and Kapanen were really good before. Um, Jason Zucker is showing some signs of life, skating hard. Maybe some of the pucks will start going in for him. And now you got a third line with McCann, who great shot. Carter, very good shooter. Freddie Goudreau, uh, you know, ride that hot hand. He's playing good hockey. I don't know um, how long that'll last, but Evan Rodriguez is another option you could put there when if, if he's healthy. So that third line, very capable now, anchored by McCann and Carter. The fourth line with Tanev back, well, that's your Aston Reese bluger tanev line. Go give them the shittiest defensive zone starts. Let them eat all the bad matchups. They'll probably um, tread water and do just fine with it. And you just opened everything up for all the other three lines. It's a really good situation. It's, I find it amazing how finding a competent, legit third line between a center who could realistically fill at spot duty levels into the second line completely transforms because that was what Benito was right Benito was a top-notch quality third line center that if required could fill your second line for three or four games if needed right yes as soon as it started to get beyond that it started to become you're asking him to stretch a little bit right Carter's exactly that 
And when the team had to part ways with Benino, obviously due to costs and those sorts of things, it would have been sensible to just try and find a cost-controlled version of that to come in. But obviously Rutherford just went cray-cray. No, he tried so, multiple times. He, he whiffed. True. Tried uh, um, Riley Shan was the first I think he tried with. Um, I am very critical of Rutherford. I I do not blame him for the Broussard thing, even though it turned out horrible. No, you're right. That one's fine. The idea was right. You are correct. I should be a little. He less he harsh he, on that. he did try. He chased his tail. It just never never found the right person. And it's amazing the Penguins, given their cap situation and the assets they have, that they landed Carter. What a Ron Hextall. Way to go. He had to have called in a favour with LA. <laughs> Maybe. Right, guys, you, owe me, you owe me one. Give me this for half price. <laughs> and, and to your Benino point, Benino, good good NHL player. He's not Jeff Carter. No, that yes. But it, it feels like Jeff Carter's the Phil Kessel of that line. Nice, yep. Right? Well, I don't know. McCann, speed, shot. Yeah, but in regards to who who drove the HBK line, it was Kessel that drove the line. I think Carter drives that third line, and McCann yeah. reaps the benefits of that. So, you know, it, it legitimately feels like each the top three lines have somebody that can create and do stuff either for themselves and for their teammates, right? Which is you know really important the, the the fourth line feels like it has to be more of a collective effort for stuff to happen unless it's teddy bluger on a breakaway um shorthanded he has to be shorthanded for that to happen um and and that that feels that feels good that that's the way the team is stacked up so you don't have to just rely on sid and gino to do all the work and that's what made the team work for the back-to-back and that's what needed to happen because they're getting older. It absolutely had to happen. And even though Carter's older, that's fine because between the three of them, somebody's going to do something. In theory. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, think back to like you think back to the the ninety one ninety two cup teams, right? I mean, you had Mario and you had Ron Francis as your first and second line centers, but you had Jeremy Jaeger on that second line. Then Brian Trottier was your third line center. And you sit there and go, well, no wonder they won. Like, you could just see, like, that was back in the 90s when that was the case. And then the fourth line was just fourth line trash because that's well, what they did back then. do I need to bring up the 09 team? I'm, I'm sure you remember the third line center there. Yeah, I do. I certainly do. And, you know, I hope that it's one of those things. But I feel like this year I kind of can't lose. I've got, like, the Penguins could go really deep and could end up playing Carolina. If Carolina win, I'm reasonably happy because it means Stahl gets to go to the Stanley Cup Finals for the first time since he left Pittsburgh. And then they might end up playing Fleury. And Fleury, like, I can't lose this year unless they all get knocked out in the first round. I mean, I'd make a Fleury joke, but I think that he's having his best season. Yeah, I know. That said, though, I thought he played pretty well the the year that he collapsed in Game 7 against uh, San Jose as well. So we know what it's like on that roller coaster. Yeah, sure do. No, honestly though, Flurry, uh, he might win the Vesna. That's incredible if he does that. He's been he's been better since he left Pittsburgh than his entire Pittsburgh career, and he's and even ten- the Vegas has still had like a real stinker of a year to where they brought in Robin Lehner on a long term contract. So he's still doing the roller coaster, but those yeah. uh. The highs have been higher. Yeah, it's just nuts. I, it's just, yeah. One of the, I, thought, I said I wouldn't bring this up. Yeah, so it's just it, one of those things for me. This playoff run, I kind of can't lose, really. So, yeah, it'll be curious. And honestly, to see if Flurry goes out. down, it likely means Colorado did it, and that's fine too. Well, yes. I, I, I want to see speed and skill highlighted in the Stanley Cup finals. That will be much more fun to watch. Um, I would probably enjoy watching Toronto get knocked out in the first round just no. for the theatre just for the theatre I, uh, I, I want I would, all the Austin Matthews I can get yes I was going to say 
getting him. It would be great if an American could lead that team to, to winning the whole thing. That would Ooh. be funny in itself. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know Mitch Marner would win the Conn Smythe, though, even if... I don't know. I think Austin Matthews, Matthews even... Um, he, I think he can even overcome being an American. He's he's just been that good. Just listen to our cynicism. <laughs> well, Phil should have got the goddamn Conn Smythe in 2016. Yeah, I know. And the reason he didn't is what we're talking about. So nuts. Um, the the last um, we were talking about the three lines and got off track. The only other Sorry. thing I wanted to add about that uh, the depth for Pittsburgh. They have shooting talent on every line now. The entire top line, they are all finishers. Gensel's amazing. Like, his career shooting percentage is, like, above 15%, if I'm correct. Brian Rust is up there, and Sid Sid. Yeah, that, you drop down? Line, yeah. Um, Kapanen shooting about 17%. No, I don't think he's a 17% guy, and his career he has not been. But... You watch his goal that we talked about earlier where Mel, we, we were like, why did Malcolm pass? Oh, yep, Kapanen, bar down. Kapanen is a good finisher, whether he's 17% or not. Malkin <laughs> is Evgeny Malkin. And, you know, and then you got Zucker, who scored a, a lot of goals in, in certain seasons. He, he might not have shooting talent, but if he's the third wheel, that's okay. And then you got Carter and McCann. On the third line, McCann can wire the puck. He had a great uh, wrist shot goal uh, last game. He's an elite, he is an elite shooter. Yeah. He he is top of the range, Phil Kessel like snapshot shooter. Like that's 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 how highly I, I rate his shot. He just has to get himself in situations where he can use. They it set it up a little differently, a little different with the mechanics, and I'm not talking about even being a different hand. But yes, he can wire it for yeah, sure. And, and yeah, and I like the fact that Carter is theoretically a shoot-first guy because technically the other team should get drawn to Carter, and that would leave McCann with a little more space. And I think that will really help him get more get more looks. So it's um it's pretty good balance. Uh, the back end top pairing fine. Uh, Marino and Pedersen, fine. Uh, Mike Matheson being out is a problem. For all his faults, he is one of the six best defensemen they have. And he had been playing well with Cody Ceci. Mark Friedman not been great. Started great. No. If he's not playing so, the Flyers, though, not so hot. Yeah. And I suppose the thing for me with Matheson is that as a third pairing guy, he can get the puck out of the zone on his own, and Friedman and Cece can't. Well, you know who That's he probably... is, yes. Oh yeah, he's Justin Schultz. No, he's Trevor Daly. Oh, okay. You want to go down that part? Yeah, all right then. He's playing the Trevor Daly role. Now, is that upper body injury just the puck to the face? I think we'll see him with the cage on. Yeah, that makes sense. That'll be interesting. But Matheson had been playing well. Um, yeah. See, the the thing with Tanev and Matheson, my criticisms aren't they're below replacement level. It's not a Jack Johnson conversation by any stretch. It's like the contracts have so much term, and it's like you're paying a premium, and you're not going to ever get it. But if you can strip the contract away, and you can in the playoffs... <laughs> Um, True. You know, Matheson, yes, he's certainly capable of doing some really horrendous things that lead to goals. But he's also going to be able to skate the puck out, like you said. And Tanev, of course, is going to do some really great things on on that fourth line. They're going to help create mismatches because they're going to be able to take things on. So... Getting Tanev and Matheson back, um, well, Tanev will be back. He's he's practicing in full. Um, he's not going to play tomorrow, but he'll be back for game one. Matheson, we'll see. Because um, that, 
that it hasn't been good without him with CC. Now, quick question about the whole they'll be back when they're back sort of thing. When do the playoffs actually fucking start? Um, I think because Vancouver's got to finish games or whatnot, it might be pushed a little bit. I forget what date I heard, but it's maybe the 20th? Was it the 20th? Fucking that's 12 days away. No, it can't be the 20th. All right, March, so we May get... 15th, maybe? Uh, May 12th. Saturday. Because there's a whole bunch of postponed games that they're obviously going to try and catch up. I've got to Friday, May 14th. That's the Maple Leafs Jets. 16th is Oilers Canucks. 17th is Flames Canucks. Monday, we finally... Monday the 17th Maybe it is of May, we finally have no games. So I suppose the thing here is that normally I would hate having a gap, this big a gap if you're Pittsburgh, right? To get to the point of actually playing. But considering what they've had in regards to injuries and stuff, the longer it goes, the more likely it is that Matheson will be back. And Malkin gets a little healthier, more practices to get pucks. Tenef like they'll have they'll have well. actual practices where he can go. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not game like, but it's better than nothing. Um, better than Sid, word, Sid, I bet is dinged up in some way. Um, yeah, in, yeah. I, it's just one of those things where I, when I look through, I looked through it a couple of days ago. I'm like, why don't they just start the playoffs and run the other games? In, well, in they did times. that in COVID. Remember when the one, um, some teams were still in the first round late, and they started the second round, which they've never done. Yeah, yeah, yeah usually. So late. we'll see. Um, but yeah, playoffs. Uh, who they're gonna play, we don't know yet. I really hope it's not Boston. Same. But very, very well could be. Look, if they're going to play Boston, I want them to at least get Game 7 if it gets that far at home, because Pittsburgh at home are awesome this year. Might be the best. If not, they're pretty close to the best. So it's one of those things where with hockey, I don't normally give a toss about home and away scenarios, but Pittsburgh's record at home is like 21-4-2, and and away they're 15-12-1. and So they're at least a positive in both and right that 15 and 12 uh, was worse, so they've come on late with that. Yeah, but you look at the reason they've come on late, they've had the easier half of the schedule at the back end of the year, so that might explain a little also bit. Also true. Um, so, Hockey Viz, Boston, 53%. New York Islanders, 41%. Capitals, 6%. Uh, the Islanders. Let's go Islanders. <laughs> However, you got to have that shakeout. Yeah, well, I think they kind of... Well, they need to win their last and pray that sort of everybody else loses. I mean, I think Washington and Boston... Do have Except to not everybody just. can lose because they play each other. Yeah. So, I think if Pittsburgh win, Boston beat Washington is probably the best bet. And Washington lose to... Philly today, I think they play. Um, that's probably Pittsburgh's best chance to... Washington, if, if Washington loses a game and Pittsburgh wins tomorrow, Pittsburgh will be at 77 points. The Capitals would only be able to tie the Penguins. And we win on wins. Uh, well, I don't know if it goes to regulate. Does it go straight to regular wins? Oh, I and then, and then regulation wins? Even. Yeah, okay, I get what you mean. I, I forget. You might be right. It might just be straight-up wins. And if it's tied, regulation wins. But I um, I don't know. I feel like regulation wins are important. They are. They're, they're the tied is, right though, now, 28-28 with that. Yeah, but if they both win through the way you're explaining, then Pittsburgh would win because of the regulation overtime wins over Washington's. That would be where the next tiebreaker goes because they'd end up on the same... Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it's 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 in the air. That's why they're 53% Boston, 41 Islanders. Um, the point being, um, it's if Washington jumps up, then they'll be in first place, and Pittsburgh's not going to drop to fourth. No. 
And if if Washington loses, Pittsburgh stays first. Washington's not going to drop to fourth. So that's why they're six percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, There's only Boston. one team out of the three of them that I'm worried about, and any permutation of this that avoids them in the first round, I'm happy with. 53%. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> it's way higher than I want it to be. I just I don't want to have to face. I don't that want team. Mike Sullivan throwing Crosby at Bergeron. I don't he should be throwing the freaking Bluger line at him. I don't want to face Tukarask, basically, is my argument. Because Sullivan is going to do what you just said he shouldn't do. Right? I think we both know that he's that stubborn with this particular thing. And you're probably right. It's probably being driven by Sid as well. But at some point, you have to pull the, the I'm the coach card and find a way to get Sid loose so that they can be awesome. Not just... Uh. Yeah, Sid, go beat up on Jacob DeBrusque and, and win us another Stanley Cup. Can you let Bluger do the... Get the shit beat out of him by the Bergeron line. Thanks. Can you can, can you just swallow your ego here for this bit, please? And then we'll move on from there. But Boston, like Krejci and Hall, that's problem now too. That wasn't an issue before. Yeah. Taylor Hall also. Um, I mean, I am personally not surprised he's doing well. Maybe some are, but. Um, this is the first time he's been on a really good team. That sounds crazy, doesn't it? And um, he's doing a good job. Go figure. Very weird when you surround really good players with other good players. They tend to do better. This, I know that's the case across all sports, but it feels like that really affects hockey the most. It's really hard to be a superstar player in an average team because you don't have enough talent to, to react to your talent. Well, even in basketball, you can still get your points and, and be a star on a shit team. Yeah. You, you just, it's really hard to do that in hockey. Baseball, it's almost an individual sport. Yeah, that's as one-on-one as you get besides golf, I suppose. Um, so, yeah. and, and even, uh, a, even a great quarterback requires at least one talented receiver. Yeah. Um, so Hall's had 14 games with Boston, six goals, six assists, 12 points. Yeah, they're gonna be happy. And for you knuckle draggers, plus 14. <laughs> Thought you were gonna say you had three fighting majors or something. I wasn't expecting the plus minus to come out. There it is. Not so. with knuckle draggers is the word. <laughs> Well, I suppose that's a good place as any to end. Um, Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. (laughs) So, um, yeah, Tom Wilson, still a piece of shit. Uh, Penguins, Jeff Carter, looking really good. So there's your too long, didn't listen recap. (laughs) So um, that'll do it, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys.